David Barnett here of the Tour Junkies. This is the 3M Open podcast, and as you may have noticed, uh, Pat is not with me. He is uh, he is on vacation this week. He is enjoying himself, getting a much-needed break uh, from me. Probably is what's happening. So this is gonna be this is gonna be one of those nights where. DB does it all by himself. I've done this before. Uh, now Pat's never done this before by himself. I don't think he. I don't think he. He would want to or could, but I'm going to attempt to do this by myself. For those of you who just cannot stand me, this is going to be a tough show for you, um, because all you're going to get is me. And uh, yeah, so really hate to hate to to burst your bubble right there, right off the top of the bat. But I want to go ahead and set expectations extremely low. But I'm still going to bring the picks. I've done a bunch of research today. Uh, I've, I've, I'm going to kind of walk you through some more first impressions, maybe decision-making as I roll through some of these ranges where I'm a little more uncertain. I'm not going to try to be you know, as nails in terms of like locking down three picks each, each area. So, you know, because Pat's not here to give you any picks. So I'm, you're going to get some bonus picks tonight is basically what I'm saying. Then I'm going to talk about some betting picks and looking, at, uh, looking over the betting odds, the outright markets, the matchups, those kind of things. And then tonight's final segment, DB down in the DMs. I've got some DMs to go through that you guys have sent me and talked through some things. Uh, a popular DM that I got uh, from a number of you is just some thoughts on some of the wild things that happened at the memorial this past week. So I will save that. I won't do that now, and we'll get into that at the end uh, because memorial was crazy. Obviously, John Rahm winning despite a two-shot penalty on a dumb rule. So we'll talk about that later. Uh and but what I do need to talk through is the fact that we had yet another listener win big. Bryce Moore turned $419 in total entries to over $33,500 with the TJ Avatar. Incredible week for Bryce Moore. Now Bryce, I recognize Bryce's name and Twitter handle. He's been a loyal TJ follower for the last three years or so. Um, really awesome to see Bryce pull one out. So like literally every week, one of you guys is hitting big. Like please rub some of that off on me and Pat. Please, 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 please. Now Pat did hit the John Rom bet at twenty to one. He talked that up here on this podcast, and he talked it up on TJ After Dark over on DraftKings. So props to Pat for that. Um, and then the only thing I got right was Norlander. I'd bet him at top 20 uh, at 7.5 to 1. Yippee. Yippee skippy. So I hit him at 7.5 to 1 because he finished top 20. That was mentioned on the TJ After Dark show as well. Um, I got Xander right. Ben got Xander wrong on the chalk bomb. Thank you very much. Mic drop. And other than that, there was a ton of carnage. Just carnage. Bodies everywhere. Just limbs it looked like it looked like an episode out of it looked like the beginning of saving private ryan you just had dj arm over here and and ricky's lower extremities over here it was an absolute cluster bang and i loved every minute of it but we'll again we'll try to talk through that later quick nut hut update the nut hut listener league is going on it is free to enter but you do accumulate points to be able to play golf with me or pat at the end of the season 
Uh, so if you're not getting in the Nut Hut Listener League, you need to go to the Nut Hut page right above the chat uh, chat window is a link that you can enter the Nut Hut Listener League. Now, here's what I want to say. I, I was perusing through the Nut Hut Listener League, and it amazes me how many people do not have Tour Junkies avatars, and you're in, you're a Nut Hut member, and you're in the Nut Hut Listener League. What are we doing, people? Do, do you need a do you need a, a tutorial on how to change your avatar? I will gladly do that if you need help. I will do that. Don't don't ask Pat. Ask me. But like, how are you going to be in the Nut Hut Listener League and be rocking something else, especially another? DFS or golf betting talking head like come on man like come on be be get all in get all in with us soak it in by the way podcast shoes tonight is a new vodka it's not Tito's many of you know uh, I've uh, I, I've begun a journey to this is so hard to do it by yourself I gotta say a lot of props to people like Colin Cowherd who've done this forever by themselves although he's kind of a weirdo um what was I saying oh yeah uh, many of you know I've, I've started to, to try to be a little healthier in my life uh, since December, and it's, and it's been paying off. So this new vodka is, uh, is gluten-free, and it is uh, zero sugars, zero carbs. It's 96 calories per one and a half ounce, and it's, very, it's actually very delicious. So mm, I'm um, new podcast, not Tito's tonight. We'll see. I don't know how it compares to Tito's. I don't think Tito's really markets their sugar or carb count. If somebody knows that, hit me up. By the way, welcome to anyone watching on YouTube. Thank you, and we are early tonight on YouTube because Pat's not here. So that's why we're early, because Pat is not here. So we're starting, actually before on time, we're starting early. It's going to be great because I can get to bed before midnight tonight. I'm so excited about that, I, I can't I can't barely stand it. Oh yeah, Nut Hut updates. So if you're in the Nut Hut or new to the Nut Hut, which is our, our online chat room chat service, we had a couple DMs last week. Hey guys, what's the Nut Hut? Okay, well, primarily the Nut Hut is a membership on our website that gives you access to a 24-7 chat room with me, Pat, Ben Little of the Chalk Bomb, the occasional celebrity talking head like a Moose Metzger of Fantasy National, who congratulations to, to, to Moose, who just sold Fantasy National Golf Club for billions of dollars. I don't know, uh, probably not billions. But anyway, um, access to that. And then all the super sharp listeners that we have in this in the Nut Hut, okay? We have Bryce Moore, who I just mentioned. We have Scotty DeFrucio, who just uh, who just won a, like 25 grand, won a, won a big GPP. We have uh, Marcus Griffin, who's pretty sharp. Uh, Marcus, don't don't pop a chub by hearing hear me say that right now. Um, we have uh, uh, we have our boy Josh, who just won the Millie Maker, won a million dollars at the Rocket Mortgage Classic. He's in there, and little known fact, Toe Nose just may be in the Nut Hut, but on the sly. Very cool, very cool. Toe Nose. Anyway, he also that will finish second and I think third in the Millie Maker for the first event back. I think it was the Schwab, something like that. So tons of sharp listeners. And like, listen, me and Pat, we do a lot of research. We've been doing this five years. We know a lot of little inside things here and there. But dang, like, there are plenty of sharp people in the Nut Hut not named David Barnett, Pat Perry, Ben Little. Um, so that's the biggest thing you get out of the Nut Hut. For only $10 a month or $90 for the year, Yes, we bring some caddy inside information that sometimes pays off, sometimes it doesn't. Um, yes, we get inside things from the course from different coaches that we know, caddies, players. Uh, you can uh, you get 20% off anything that you ever purchase in the tourjunkies.com shop for the lifetime of your membership. It's all kind of stuff. 
So yeah, there's that's basically what the nut hut is. But here's what I was gonna say. Just recently last week, we added a section above the nut hut, and it's gonna be like big announcements or uh, if we get inside information, that's where it's going. The link to the Nut Hut Listener League will always be posted up there. The link to the Chalk Bomb subscription, if you've not signed up for the Chalk Bomb emails, will be up there. The link to download and change your freaking avatars to those of you who don't have your your avatars changed will be up there. Uh, and then Nut Hut schedules of appearances, uh, like when Pat's going to be in, when I'm going to be in, when Ben's going to be in. And then, uh, and then below that, we'll have all our little inside information or thoughts that we feel like you know, we want people to be able to see without us having to type it in all the time. So thoughts on the golf course last week, we said, hey, these greens are going to get super fast. They're tearing them up on Monday. Jack don't give a rip. If these bad boys get super slick, um, we talked about uh, Joel Damon a couple weeks being a fade. Uh, anyway, that's that's the kind of thing that we're going we're gonna to put in that section. So as you're in the chat room, be sure and pay attention to that top section and refresh on occasion so you can get those valuable valuable updates now uh see in this other thing i can't drink as fast because i can't drink while pat's talking mm. so guys you know 2020 has sucked is basically what's happened and i think if the guinness book of world records could give out a world's greatest delay of game it would be to the year 2020 for like just delaying all kind of crap sports um you know the masters Hello, can can I get an amen? Getting kids in school, another amen there, because that's that's been sucky. But your business doesn't have to be on delay. You have to keep moving, and that makes hiring more important than ever. And Indeed is here to help. Yes, Indeed. Dot com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people and fast. Unlike other sites, they give you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring, and you only pay for what you need. You can pause it. Uh, at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, they provide powerful tools to make your search for the right person that much easier. If, Like sponsor jobs, for example, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire, with 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire that you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. All right, so for all you business people, if you do business, you know what I mean? If you're if you're out there Monday through Friday, or maybe Saturdays, or maybe Sundays, and you do some business, and you do business, then maybe you need to do Indeed. So right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. So try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash junkies. This is their best offer available anywhere, right here on the Tour Junkies. Go right now to Indeed.com slash Tour Junkies. Terms and conditions do apply, and that offer is valid through September 30th. Big shout-out to Indeed. Thank you for supporting the podcast. And anybody that supports the podcast like Indeed, we would ask that you guys try to support. If you have a need, use Indeed and support me. Um yeah, let's uh, let's get into it. Let's talk about this golf course. Uh, you know, I'm not Pat, so I'm not gonna. I don't have. I, I don't want to try to be as spectacular as Pat in the course breakdown. I'm just gonna kind of give you. I'm just gonna kind of give you a need to know. All right. I, I'm gonna try to make this make this snappy so we can get into this. There, uh, we're gonna be playing the 3M Open at TPC Twin Cities in lovely Blaine, Minnesota, which is right outside of Minneapolis. 
It's a par 72, playing about 74 hundy. Uh, Arnold Palmer design, Tom Lehman had some input as well. He's a Minnesota guy. This is the second year the PGA Tour has seen TPC Twin Cities on the rotation, um, but it was a staple on the senior tour for many years prior to that. Now, um, you know, last year Matthew Wolf made his breakout win as, uh, as a rookie on tour, just coming out of college and winning here, beating Bryson DeChambeau, Colin Morikawa. Uh, but this, this, this tournament is not going to have it, – it, it's a pretty weak field, okay? This, this makes la- – if last week was Mirfield Village, like, like, like last week was like – last week was like Kelly Kapowski, like peak Kelly Kapowski, Saved by the Bell, like, like maybe the summer – like the summer between her senior year of high school and the first year of the college years, where she was working at the um, at that that uh, beach place, that was last week. This week, uh, kind of looks like um, you, you ever see the first episode of Stranger, first season of Stranger Things. I think it's the first season where that girl that's kind of thick and real pasty white, red hair, really short boy hair, with big glasses, and she gets eaten up in the pool. I think she gets in the upside down world. That's kind of what this field looks like compared to last week. So, uh, really crappy field, but uh, hey, <laughs> it's still just about the only sport in town for right now until NBA and Major League Baseball comes back, which is right around the corner. Um, but it's still a field. We can bet on it. It's going to be fun. I'm going to talk through that strategy here in a second. You do have more golfers this week than we did last week. Last week was an invitational, 120 players. This week, got about 150 players, 155. Uh, there's been a bunch of people withdraw, but it's all pretty much straightened out on DraftKings. If you see a big O next to somebody's name, that would be a good. Uh, that that does not stand for uh, you know for orgasm or um, anything like that. It just means um, those guys are out, so don't play them, is what that means. But um, you know, last year we saw Matt Wolf win here at 21 under. Okay, there was. A little, the course was a little soft, so they were they were throwing darts uh, last year. It'll be interesting to see what happens this year. I think there's supposed to be some rain coming. Uh, they haven't had a lot of rain lately, but I think there's supposed to be some rain tomorrow. Uh, so it could play soft again. Scoring is going to be through the roof. We're going to be right back to where we were pre-memorial, where you know 19, 20, 21 under, 22 under is going to win. Uh, the PGA Tour professionals are going to look like professionals this week, not like last week. So uh, it's going to be a different vibe. Now, what to know about TBC Twin Cities in terms of how to play it? The fairways here, pretty generous, uh, not super tight. The rough last year was not very penal either. Um, It's bent grass throughout pretty much, which is very nice. It's a nice grass. I'm a fan of that such grass. and, uh, yeah, I, I just don't think it's that penal. I think also uh, there's this place has played at very slight elevation. Ball goes a little bit further here. Um, I don't really think 7,400 yards is super long, so I don't think you have to be a bomber to play well here despite Matt Wolf winning here last year. I, I think, you know, you had names pop up last week like or last year here, like Brian Harmon, obvious, obvious short knocker. I don't think you have to be a bomber to play well here uh, if – if you're bombing it and hitting it straight, straight-ish, uh, obviously that's always an advantage. 
But um, I did look at strokes gained off the tee. Just in in general, strokes gained off the tee, if you gain that because you're a bomber, fantastic. If you gain it because you're deadly accurate and you always hit the proper side of the fairway, which gives you the proper angles into these greens, also fantastic. So that's something I looked at because the fairways are relatively uh, generous. The greens are all bent grass, and they're pure bent. Pure bent grass, not as, not, not as fast as what we saw last week with that Bermuda. Uh, just very benign. The greens are a little bit larger than average on the PGA Tour, and there's not a ton of undulation. The greens are kind of basic. They're kind of like, uh, they're, well, it's a cute little say by the bell reference. Like they're kind of like Jesse Spano, right? Like just kind of, yeah, I, I would, sure, but but nothing like, nothing amazing, right? Like nothing, uh, no, nothing, uh, nothing crazy. You know, just kind of like, yeah, I would, sure, I would do, yeah, um, but you're not gonna like go out of your way. Um, they're just very basic. They're nothing super complicated. And last year we saw uh, you didn't have to be phenomenal on the putting greens. Uh, you didn't have to be phenomenal on the putting greens at all last year. You could just tee to green the, the crap out of the place, make some birdies, and let's move on. Uh, so that's that's the greens. Um, well, let's see here. So what else? Some tough par threes, long long par threes here, but you do have some par fives you got to take advantage of. Definitely going to have some eagles out here. So for me, I looked at uh, greens and regulation, strokes gain off the tee, strokes gain approach. So greens and regulation, strokes gain approach, it's all about the tee to, green game, tee to green game, iron play, getting on these greens, giving yourself birdie and eagle opportunities. Uh, DraftKings scoring is is huge birdie or better percentage however you want to measure it uh you have to score you have to keep up here this is uh this is not going to be like last week where it's just like par is your friend that is not that is not happening um so also i also looked at bogey avoidance only because we well, duh like bogey avoidance is good all the time but like there is a lot of water out here what comes into play on like 14 or 15 holes uh, you know, this is a very like resort feeling golf course. So a lot of bunkers, a lot of water. So I, you know, I just took a little peek at bogey avoidance. I'm not super big on like weighing it, but, uh, but I took a peek at it. Uh, so yeah, that's that, man, this is, this is weird. I don't have like any time, like collect my thoughts. Hang on a second. Mm. That's a really good. No carb, no sugar vodka. I'm a large fan of that vodka. Okay, let's talk about. Let me. Let me. God, this is, this is Pat. Pat's a little. Uh, all right. Let's talk about this. Let's talk about the approach to the week. Now, I think in an event like this, we talk about this every time you have a field that's pretty weak and it's a birdie fest. It means that almost anybody could win. Anybody in this field, the worst player in the field, the guy you've never heard of, if they're good enough to be playing here right now, they are they are likely, except for like Tom Lehman, they are likely good enough to win this golf tournament with one hot week. Okay, we see it all the time on tour. Last year it was Nate Lashley, Adam Long. You know, you, you got guys that just can do it one week when it's a scoring fest. Last week when you had difficult scoring, you had major championship conditions that is typically when the best players in the world rise to the occasion and you get guys like John Rahm winning um so you got the opposite this week that being said um I, I think that you 
it's tough. I mean, the, the, there are not a lot of great players here. So let's let's look at the top. Let's look at the the top of the DraftKings uh, pool here. Let's get into some DraftKings stuff. You got uh, DJ who shot a million. I think he shot two rounds of eighty on the uh, at the uh, at the old Memorial. It was pretty bad coming off of his victory. You got Brooks who finished sixty second, made the weekend. Um, but talked about his knee issues. He, he was very open, which, hey, thank you, Brooks, for being open about that. Uh, said the knee still is not right. In fact, got an MRI on Monday of last week just to take a look at it again. It's clearly like there's a little something going on there, and it ain't just his irons. You got Tony Finau, who completely just collapsed uh, on Sunday. Had a shot to win. I had him at 55-1. to 1. I posted that on Instagram. Um that would have been cool to see Tony Finau break out, but played pretty solid. You got Tommy Fleetwood, his first event that we've seen him since the Arnold Palmer Invitational, uh, coming over from from the UK to play his first event back at the PGA Tour. So, big question mark there with Tommy Fleetwood, right? It's the same question mark we have with everybody coming into the Charles Schwab Challenge is how much have they been prepping for this? How, how ready are they? How acclimated are they to if they're traveling from across the you know across the ocean like? How acclimated are they to, you know, the time zone? And, like, are they rested? Are they good? Are they – is this one of those events where they're just here to shake the rust off, you know? I could see this event being one of those for Tommy Fleetwood, although he is clearly one of the best players in this field, you know, by far. Then you got Paul Casey, who missed the cut on the number last week after taking a big number, I believe, on I think it was on a par three. Uh, but took a big number and missed the cut on the number after shooting one under day one, which is which is pretty freaking good. Then you got Bubba Watson, who finished T32 kind of quietly after three missed cuts previous to that. Um, then you got Matt Wolf, your defending champion. You got Lucas Glover, who's been very consistent since uh, since the restart. You got Russell Henley. Who? Russell Henley? Yep, at $9,200 after finishing seventh at the workday a couple weeks ago. You got Harris English. Rounding it out at 9,000. A couple Bulldogs there at the bottom in the 9K range. Uh, Harris English finished 13th last week. He's been playing very, very well in this PGA Tour season. So that is your 9K and above range. Now, here's what I think. I think you you don't... Okay, I like... We're going to get to the 8K range. I like the 8K range a lot. But despite how much I like it, I still think that you need to start lineups with one or two players above 9K. I think it is. Uh, I, I want to have significant ownership on a on a hand two, maybe three of the guys in this 9K and above range. Uh, I just don't. As much as I like the 8K guys, there's there is a, some 8K guys in there with a lot of upside. I just don't love the uh, the consistency or the the pot. Typically in a in a in a tournament we would see 8K guys with like all of them like really good chances of making the cut. They're just cut makers, right? Maybe not a lot of winning equity or top five equity, but just cut makers. Well, in this field, you don't really have that same stability, right? You, you do have upside, but you don't have that same stability in the 8K that you get when normally you find like a Matt Kuchar or last week you had Paul Casey down here or so, whatever. Um, who missed the gut last week. So here we go. If I'm looking at GPPs on DraftKings and I'm looking at this top tier, my my favorite player in this in this field, my favorite player is Tony Finau at $10,900. Um, 
the guy played great until Sunday. But listen, Sunday was freaking brutal, okay? Sunday was a brutal day. And he just didn't he didn't bring it, okay? He um, he didn't chip as well Sunday as he had been. But all week gaining, I mean, the guy gained three, almost three and a half strokes off the tee, almost three and a half strokes put, uh, on approach, and he gained over six strokes putting, which, yes, you could see that regressing. But again, I feel like what Twin Cities showed us last week and what we know of these large, very benign, rather medium speed, Jesse Spano green surfaces is that you don't have to be a phenomenal putter on these greens, I don't think. So I just love where Tony's tee to green game looked last week, and uh, I feel good about it. I, I feel I feel like 10-9, I'll take it. I'm, I'm not interested in playing Brooks or DJ. Listen, I was on DJ when he won the Travelers. I was very happy to get to get that, to get that little piece. But the inconsistency from both DJ and Brooks has not is not easy to pay up for when you look at 11-5, 11-2. Um, that's a lot of money to pay in a field like this, where you got where then you're gonna have to go way down into the into the the hollows to to play like Tom Lehman. Um, I, I'm just not interested in in doing that because I don't think either one of those guys give me any. Any, um, I don't think their floor is as high right now as Finau's is, actually. Just right now. Just looking at the recent form, recently where their play is, I like Finau's floor better. Um, and I like the, the price savings at 10-9. Brooks's knee kind of scared. I mean, the iron play scared me before I learned anything about the knee, but the knee scares me now. It just, it just does. I don't, I, don't think it's, uh, I don't think it's great. So I'm starting off with Finau. Then I am going to roll with. Hmm. I'm going to go with Paul Casey. I, missing the cut on the number from one bad hole, I think you can always throw out. But you talk about an, an incredible ball striker, a tee to green guy. In fact, I mean, statistically, over the, over the short term, even he's the he's probably. I mean, he's, he's an incredible ball striker. His best putting surface is bent grass. If you look at the, the putting splits, he's, he's, he loses strokes putting on Bermuda and Poa. When you look over the long term, he actually gains strokes in bent. Uh, so I think Paul Casey is a good comeback play at 10-1. So I like him a lot in tournaments. Um, and then I'm going to go Then I'm gonna go with Harris English. I'm going to drop down to 9,000. I'm going to pay up for my bulldog, Harris English, who has shown that he can play well in a Jesse Spano field or a Kelly Kapowski between senior year and freshman year of college field. So I think as good as Harris English is playing right now, this is not a golf course that you have to overpower, even though Matt Wolf did it last year. Like, you don't have to. I, I like the form. I like the opportunity for him right now to get a, to get possibly – I think he has winning upside. I really do. In this field, I think he has winning upside. So to get that at 9,000 with his form, and I feel like his floor is very low and, and a safe floor – I like that for for Harris English in terms of in terms of tournaments. I also like him in cash. I, I'm going to start my cash lineups if I'm playing a double up or a 50-50. I will start and I'll start comfortably with Harris English. I think he makes a cut. I think that's very doable for him. Uh, by the way, I, I didn't mention this. I'm not looking hardly at all at last year's 3M Open results. Don't care. Mm. Don't care if you missed a cut. Don't care if you're DFL. You won. I don't care. Uh, 
Not looking at it. But I do want to go back up and talk about Fleetwood. I could be convinced to play. I, I, don't, I don't even have to be convinced. I could play Tommy Fleetwood. If Tommy Fleetwood is projected, which this will not happen, if he is projected at like 12%, 13% or less come Wednesday night across, you know, GPPs, I, I could play Tommy Fleetwood, you know. However, everyone loves Tommy Fleetwood. I love Tommy Fleetwood. He's he, he's such a nice boy. Um, I love his, his flowing locks. Uh, you gotta love the ball striking. You gotta love a caddy that looks like a freaking, you know, looks like Yao Ming out there standing next to him with these freaking awesome Nike shoes all the time or whatever Ian Finnis wears. You gotta love Tommy. He's a good dude. He seems like a great dude. Everybody wants to cheer for him. Everybody likes him. So you get the everybody likes him effect, right? You always are gonna get that in terms of ownership. But now nobody's seen him since the Arnold Pal- the Arnie Palmy, um, and they're all giddy to play him, right? Everybody's gonna be real giddy to play him. And I just think if Fleetwood is going to be chalk Fleetwood, then I will find some rationale in fading that because this this does kind of smell like a this is going to be my knock the rust off tournament. It's the 3M Open. It's a lame field. Uh, next week is a WGC event, and the week after that is a PGA Championship. I need to be knocking the rust off and peaking for WGCs and peaking for that PGA championship is likely what Tommy Fleetwood is thinking. Very doubtful that he would want to come over and knock the rust off at a WGC event. Big money, big world golf ranking points up for grabs there. Uh, I I don't really see him wanting to do that. Definitely see him wanting to do it here. Um, So, and I mean, coming back for the Memorial, that's a brutal place to knock the rust off. I mean, geez, like, can you imagine? I mean, if you you hadn't picked up a club in a while and you got to play that, he would be a professional and shoot like a 94. No, he wouldn't do that. But I just think if he's projected super chalky, I think you can find that reason um, and plant your flag there. If I have to look at a, st- uh, a statistical metric, if you look over uh, kind of the short term here with Fleetwood, he, he he can make some bogeys here and there. But other than that, he's very solid. Uh, he doesn't putt well on bent. His best putting surface is POA. Uh, and then Bermuda, so Bent's actually his worst putting surface. So if you just want to look at stats, you sure you can kind of plant your flag on those. But I actually think it's more, you know, chalkiness. Everybody's excited to play him. And the potential that we see what happened to a lot of guys at the Charles Schwab, which is trying to knock some of the rust off. You know what I mean, dog? Um, all right. I just wanted to hit on Fleetwood there of the top. Now, my, my fade in this range I've already talked about is Brooks. I also don't hate fading Matt Wolf. I'm giving you bonuses here because Pat's not here. So what what else are we gonna talk about? Ninety seven hundred dollars for the defending champ Matt Wolf with a lot of upside. I don't I don't think the price is egregious. I think it's fine. I think it's a it's an okay price. So I'm not gonna fade him based on price. His worst putting surface since his PGA Tour career, and it's a small sample size, but in his PGA Tour career, his worst putting surface is bent grass. Now he did finish 22nd at the Memorial last week, which is very impressive. Uh, for a guy like him. He missed a cut the week before at a birdie fest at the Workday Charity Open. Finished runner-up the week before that at another birdie fest at the Rocket Mortgage. Missed a cut at the Travelers before that. Missed a cut at the Heritage. Like, this, again, this this comes down to, similar to where Brooks and DJ are right now, it comes down to consistency. It, it's it's what kind of consistency, What how low is the floor for this player? Matt Wolf, we've obviously seen, has tremendous upside with a PGA Tour victory under his belt and a runner-up. Now, fun fact, in his 24 
PJ Tour events. Um, he only has two top tens, a win at the 3M Open last last year, and the runner-up at the Rocket Mortgage just two weeks ago, three weeks ago. So only two top tens in 24 events, one of them being a win, one of them being a runner-up. Um, you know, so a lot of like kind of middling finishes for Matt Wolf, And that's not what you want at $9,700 out of anybody, even in a weak field. I don't think that's what you want out of Matt Wolf. I can I can justify again putting uh, putting on bent is pretty poor. Um, he gains a lot of strokes off the tee, which is great. He does make a lot of birdies, which is great. It, since the restart, he is 70th in this field in bogey avoidance, not good. He's 77th in greens and regulation gained, not good, and and 81st in strokes gained approach, also not good. Iron play just hasn't been great. So I think Wolf, you can make a, a solid case to fade, um, and especially if his ownership gets a little bit of a bump due to defending champ status, right? Like, uh, I mean, man, if you give me Wolf at fifteen percent or higher, I will, I will, bye bye. Like, y'all have fun with that. I mean, maybe you beat my, maybe you beat my butt, but I mean, I ain't, I, I don't know. I like my odds at ninety seven hundred. All right. That's enough of the 9K range. Let's move to the 8K range on DraftKings. Hang on one second. I have to turn my air conditioner on because it is a million eleven degrees out in here. Thank All right, guys, before we hit the 8K range, I need you to grab your nuts and your popcorn because baseball is back. That's right. The boys are getting back on the diamond, and while we may not be able to join them at the park, there's plenty of action to be had in the comfort of your own home with DraftKings. The leader in one-day fantasy sports is putting you on the field with a shot to play risk-free for hundreds of thousands of dollars. If you haven't tried it yet, which you're crazy if you haven't, fantasy baseball is very easy to play. You just pick 10 players, you stay under the salary cap, and pile up points for hits, runs, strikeouts, and more. There is no better way to put your baseball knowledge to the test than to compete for a shot at hundreds of thousands of dollars. But if baseball isn't for you, don't worry. DraftKings is offering plenty of what I'm talking about this week, which is fantasy golf for this weekend's tournament at the 3M Open. With millions of dollars up for grabs, there is no better place to have skin in the game then with DraftKings. So download the DraftKings app now and use promo code TOURJUNKIES to get a free shot at a share of the millions of dollars up for grabs this week with your first deposit. That's promo code TOURJUNKIES to get a free shot at a share of millions of dollars with your first deposit only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Go check it out and let's get back to the fantasy golf action and the DraftKings advice. For the 3M Open. Uh, uh, all right, let's get to this. We haven't fun yet, folks. We haven't fun yet? Oh, man, I tell you. Oh, Pat. You know, when I was on vacation, I did the podcast. Who's the diva in this relationship? Who do you think, who do you think the diva is here? All right, uh, let's talk 8K range. I'm going to turn my hat around for this one. Now, this, oh, man. This is a this is a tough range here. Okay, first of all, Brendan Todd at 8,300 is out. He's got one of those O's next to him. Brendan Todd is out. It goes Brian Harmon, Ryan Moore, Patrick Rogers, Luke List, Sam Burns, Norlander, Redman, and Eric Van Ruyen at 8,800. Pretty pretty high upside group here. Lots of high upside. Not great floors to some of these guys. Not high floors. Um, 
definitely some trunk slammer potential here, like heartbreaking trunk slammer potential here. When you talk about guys like Brian Harmon, you talk about guys like Patrick Rogers, uh, Luke List, Sam Burns. I mean, literally almost all of these guys have a ton of potential to really piss you off. They have, they have, they have rap sheets this long of like pissing people off because there's a lot of potential in these guys and a lot of weeks they can totally pop, but then there's some weeks where they just can't, they, they just can't do it. So it's an interesting range for that reason. And it's really hard to nail this down. I gotta be honest. I like Van Ruyen. I like Redmond. I still like Norlander, although, oh man, my boy Norlander, me and Norlander play play some golf together. We're both at the home course of Champions Retreat. I'm very proud of that. You know, and for Norlander, this is his sixth event since the restart. He's he's, uh, he's played every event except the RBC Heritage. And um, I just the, the he's the one that I look at the price and I'm like, oof, that's tough. But I still kind of like him. Sam Burns, I like Sam Burns. Luke List, I like Luke List. Patrick Rogers, I'm starting to get that. Do I really want to play Patrick Rogers this week? Oh my God, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna ranch water all over myself. Ryan Moore at 8100. Just like, huh? Okay, well, he was 60 something hundred last week. Obviously, stack field 69, I think, last week. Did finish T40. Hmm, interesting price, but okay. Brian Harmon, Max Homa. I forgot to mention Homa. So it's really tough to completely fade any of these guys except for you know Brendan Todd um but I, I will say this I think if I t- the one that I don't like the most right off the bat is Brian Harmon so I'm going to fade Brian Harmon worst putting surface is bent grass by a long shot okay uh, he is a very he's a short knocker. He gains all his strokes off the tee with by being deadly accurate. But even there, a lot of times he doesn't gain strokes off the tee, even despite his accuracy. He's you know for him it's he's he's a great scrambler. He's uh you know he just doesn't find himself in a lot of trouble. But he's not a real he's not a birdie maker, right? Like he's not really a birdie guy. Um, hasn't had a top ten since the Greenbrier, um, which is like. Two, four, six, eight, ten, twelve, four, seventeen events it's been since his last top ten. Okay, and I'm not saying you need a top ten out of him for that price, but you know, I mean, why are you why are you playing him if you don't think you can get one out of him? So I don't really love, even though I know he finished well here last year at the 3M Open. I uh, finished seventh. I, I don't. He was in much better form coming into the 3M Open last year. Before the 3M Open, he had gone miscut eighth. 50th, 27th, 31st, miscut, miscut, 24th. That's better form than he's in right now, which is miscut, 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 28th, 23rd, miscut, 47th, 47th, 49th. I mean, it's bad. Um, so I, I think Harmon is the clearer fade in this range. So I'll go ahead and get that out of the way. In cash, I'll get this one out of the way too. I, I like EVR. I like Eric Van Ruyen. I like him in cash or tournaments, whatever you want to do. I, I just know he's going to be chalk. He, he's going to be chalk. I can tell you that for a fact. He's going to be chalk. Definitely like his ability here. He's a University of Minnesota guy. Um, I believe it was University of Minnesota. That's who he played for. But he played college golf in Minnesota. Um, tremendous ball striker, bomber, scores on par fives. He'll take great advantage of the par fives here. Birdie or better percentage. He's top 20, top 20 in this field. Um, coming off a 22nd at the Memorial um, 
I, I think Van Ruyen's a solid play, and I like him in cash. Only because you don't have to, who cares about the, the ownership percentage at that point. But in tournaments, I like him, as long as you're not having a whole lot of chalk elsewhere, or maybe one other chalk play elsewhere, and you got some leverage somewhere else. Uh, or if if you just say hey you know he's gonna be uh, he's gonna be low owned I, I maybe I'll just play him in cash or I'll bet him he's at forty five to one on the betting odds I don't mind that either so Van Rain's interesting uh, Doc Redman I like for a bounce back here I, I like Redman's potential for a bounce back he missed a cut at the Memorial um, lost six strokes putting which is uh, his second-to-worst putting performance out of 32 events on record. Uh, he lost seven strokes putting at the Wyndham in 2019. So horrible putting performance for Doc Redman. Still gained strokes off the tee, still gained strokes with his irons, uh, and that's what he does. He's a ball striker tee to green. He, he's not a great scrambler. He's not a great putter, but I don't think he has to be here. And he has you know top 20, top 10 upside. Um, his best finish recently was an 11th at the Travelers just a couple weeks ago. Uh, he scores plenty on uh, par fives. So I think Redmond is, is definitely in play. Back to Norlander. Norlander is a tee to green specialist. Um, normally doesn't putt very well. That's his problem. When he's at Champions Retreat, all he's doing is practicing putting. Uh, he doesn't putt very well, but he did putt really well last week. and I think he putted well the week before at the workday. Um, so, you know, maybe he's comfortable on the bent grass, uh, but he's definitely a ball-striking guy. I just don't know about that price, and I'm interested to see his ownership, too. If he's, if he's 13 14 15% at that price, I'll gladly fade. Now, Sam Burns, I love the upside with Sam Burns. Love the uh, strokes gain off the tee numbers are off the charts. Birdie or better numbers are off the charts. Um, he's actually pretty solid at bogey avoidance. Comes in in pretty good form. He's got top 10 upside as well. Um, he's shown that. I, I think this could be a really solid place, uh, solid spot for Sam Burns. Luke List, uh, right there with Luke List as well. I'm kind of going through all the names here because I, I'm telling you, I, I think this range is, is a solid range for the most part. I like Luke List. Uh, he's, he's played really well at the Memorial. Gained almost five strokes off the tee. A stroke and a half uh, with his irons and gain strokes putting for the first time in uh, since the Genesis. Um, doesn't normally do that, which you, you know that that could probably that might regress. But Luke List is interesting here in a birdie fest. I like him in a uh, where there's eagles to be had. I like him. So it's an interesting play. Uh, Ryan Moore, our boy Brett Swedberg's horse. Uh, I, I think he's an interesting play as well here. Uh, I could see I could see getting behind him. Very accurate player. Played really solid last last week. Honestly, just didn't chip it very well. But it was hard. It was tough sledding, chipping it out there. He gained strokes off the tee despite being a short knocker. He's very accurate. Iron play has been improving since the restart. He gained 1.8 strokes with his irons at the Travelers, and then he gained 2.4 in the next event, which was last week at the Memorial. So the irons are coming around, and that's what Swedberg said needed to happen, that he needed to figure out those irons a little bit. Um, But I think Ryan Moore is a solid play here as well. So that's probably – those are my my guys. I think if I had to rank them – or not rank them, but just pick my favorites, Ryan Moore, Sam Burns, uh, EVR – and Redmond. Th- those are the guys I like the most. I could see 
List and Norland are not quite making the cut for me. But that's the 8K range. It's a it's a tough one. That is a tough, tough, tough range. Uh, all right. Yes, confirmed in the chat that EVR is, in fact, a Golden Gopher. Meaning he played for Minnesota. Not That's not some weird, weird term. Uh, okay. My voice is getting tired from talking so much. 7K range. Tons of decisions here, and I don't even know, man. Um, I don't know. Let's start. Let's, I guess what I'm looking for... Hmm. Uh, I guess what I'm looking... Obviously, you're looking for guys who can score, who can get red hot, take advantage of the par fives, uh, your birdie, your birdie makers, right? And guys with top, top 10 upside, top 20 upside. And I think the two guys right up at the top, uh, the two at 7,900 give you that. Jonathan Vegas, Sepp Straka, uh, both flashing some form lately. Um, neither played really well in their last outing. Sepp had a horrible Sunday at Memorial, which is really what tanked him. But Tita Green, He's been very solid, tee to green, uh, gaining strokes off the tee, and I think Sepp's an interesting play. I think Johnny V's an interesting play. Both, I think both with top ten upside. Both actually put their best on bent grass. Obviously, Sepp Straka has a little bit smaller sample size, but uh, both putting well on bent grass. I mean, Sepp had a T eight finish at the Rocket Mortgage uh, three weeks ago and a T fourteen at the Workday. Right after that, those are those were both birdie fests, and I, I like him bouncing back from a T sixty one last week, um, basically because of really one super bad round in really tough conditions. I like the bounce back. Uh, Chris Kirk, I'm kind of like okay, maybe maybe I could hop on Chris Kirk. He's his his name just kind of seems like a guy you know just won on the Corn Ferry Tour. Um, so he's won recently, even though it wasn't on the PJ Tour. He won on the Corn Ferry Tour. That's that's always a positive. I mean, this is this is like in between a Corn Ferry field and a and a average PJ Tour field. So um, Will Gordon, I might want to get back on Will Gordon. I, I was scrolling through the names today. I was looking at some stuff, and I was like, hmm, I may want to hop back on the Will Gordon bandwagon. Uh, he finished third at the Travelers just a few weeks ago in his first event back. And then he pissed off a bunch of people when he miscut at the Rocket Mortgage the very next week. Uh, he's a bomber. He gains a lot of strokes off the tee. And uh, I, I don't know. I think he's got, obviously, he's got some upside here. He wouldn't have finished third at the Travelers. He's got a, he finished 10th at the RSM back in the fall. So he's kind of a boomer bust guy, which I think in a field this week, even even in the high sevens, that's kind of what you're going to get. You're not going to get a whole lot of like low floor, high floor. I really feel like this guy's just going to make the cut kind of guy. You don't get that feeling with a lot of these guys you, you need the high upside guys so i mean here here's his performance on the pj tour in his seven tournaments uh since september miscut last event third 21st miscut 10th 55th miscut so i mean if he's not missing the cut he's finished 55th which isn't great 21st which you would take here 10th or third so Definitely a high upside guy with Will Gordon. I think he's interesting. Uh, Carlos Ortiz, he played okay here last year. He's he's kind of a okay guy. Um, 
Scott Stallings is interesting to me. We saw Scott come out and play pretty well when we first opened back up, uh, 48th at the RBC, 6th at the Travelers. Now he feels like, actually he feels like a guy that may have a, a high floor, a higher floor. Like I would feel pretty good about Scott Stallings making the cut here. I really would. Um, but tell you what, we usually get some inside info from his guy, so check out the Nut Hut on Wednesday night, and I'll let you know. But I do feel good about Stallings, and his tee to green game has been very solid since the restart. Um, I actually feel like his floor is pretty good. Like, does Scott Stallings really have less of a chance in making the cut as Jonathan Vegas, Seth Straka, Siwoo Kim? Probably not. So, I think that, I think I think he's an interesting play. By the way, my fade, uh, my fade in this range is going to be Siwoo Kim. There's just, I mean, I'm not paying $7,800 or whatever it is for for Siwoo Kim, who is just so daggum unpredictable. I mean, at the Memorial last week, yes, he finished 18th. Okay, well, he gained five strokes with his irons, which the last time Siwoo Kim has gained that many strokes with his irons was June of 2018. Okay, like that rarely happens, and his irons have been absolute dog crap for most of the season. I just, it comes down to consistency, and it comes down to where is their, where's their, yes, I guess Siwoo has some upside, you could argue. I mean, he finished 11th at the Travelers before that. His last top 10 was in August. I mean, no, no consistency there whatsoever. I don't, I don't want to touch him. All right, as we as we keep scrolling here, uh, you know Troy Merritt, somebody who a bunch of people in the Nut Hut last week tried to talk me into, and I did not. I refused. I refused to get on Troy Merritt last week, which I'm glad I did. He missed the cut. Uh, I know he played well at the Workday and the Rocket Mortgage, both Birdie Fest. Maybe that continues here. Uh, although Troy Merritt's worst putting surface by far is bent grass, so maybe. I don't. I don't love clicking Troy Merritt's name at seventy five hundred, but you know, meh. Like I just, I just don't like clicking his name. That's that's a great. It's great analysis, but it just is what it is. Um, keep scrolling here. Charlie Hoffman is kind of a. I guess what I'm doing is I'm 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 showing you who's thumb stoppable right now. You know who who I'm who I'm willing to stop scrolling and take a gander at. Charlie Hoffman is one of those. Really solid tee to green guy. If, he, if he's got a little room off the tee, which he does here, I like. Finished 7th at the Workday Charity Open. Uh, the ball striking was pretty good. The putting was superb. And, you know, he's a boomer bust guy. I mean, since I mean since the new season, he's got a, uh, let's see, he's got a 23rd. He's got a 9th. He's got a 13th, a 7th. And then a bunch of miscuts and crap shows, but like that's kind of what you're getting. So Charlie Hoffman at 7,400, you know, I don't hate it. I don't hate it. Um, mm, <laughs> Richie Warinsky, meh. I'm not falling for Kyle Stanley. I didn't fall for him last time. I'm not falling for him this time. I'm not buying it. I'm not doing it. He'll probably win. Okay, here's a here here's a here's a DB's wild card. Like here's one you throw in the Millie Maker. You ready for this? You throw this one in the Millie Maker. He's gonna be like three percent owned. Maybe like one lineup. Christopher Ventura, the Oklahoma State product, played golf with Matt Wolf and Victor Hovland. Really good player. Bomber. Hits the tits off the ball. Okay. 
Uh, finished 21st at the Rocket Mortgage, his last event out. Before that, a ton of missed cuts. Okay, kid can't make a cut. But uh, I like it here, similar to Matt Wolf, where if he can just bomb the – he will bomb the, the – he'll bomb the place, right? He'll, what was it Pat said a long time ago? Like, he'll bomb the – He'll bomb the heck out of it or something. I don't know what he said. It was something funny. He will do that. If if he happens to catch a little bit of a of a of a hot streak with literally anything else, like if his irons are wedges are at all decent, okay, he's a decent putter. Uh, actually, a pretty decent putter considering he's a bomber. He's not one of these that just hits it far and can't putt. He's actually a good putter. Not a great wedge player. Not great around the greens. But if he could just maybe spark it a little bit. Uh, in the milli, okay, 7,300, he's a guy that I think gives you top 10 upside. Um, keep scrolling. You come across a guy who I know I'm going to get a bunch of freaking questions about, and it's Bern Wiesberger, okay, who I have faded a lot, and it has paid off, by the way. I had a bunch of questions about him last week. I don't know who I don't know who talks up Bern Weisberger every every freaking week, but somebody does it, and then every, and then it flows in the nut hut. And I'm sure I probably do it. Like I'm sure I probably talk like who do I talk up a lot? I probably talk up uh, who do I talk up a lot that disappoints? I don't know whoever that is. And then you guys are going somewhere else and asking other people about it. And that and that person's going who the piss is talking up so and so? But anyway, who the piss is talking up Bern Weisberger all the time? Like I get it. He does really well in the European Tour. He's played okay in some majors, um, but I just i i don't I don't see enough consistency. And you you got to remember, I don't know. Maybe, maybe this is actually a decent. I don't know. I'm not fully out on him yet, but I'm just saying I've been out on him for a long time, and it usually pays off, especially if people think he's if especially if he's going to be popular. I don't understand it. Um. But maybe in a weak freaking field like this, maybe it's a time to jump on him. I don't know. What was he owned last week? Let's see. On average, because I have so many questions about him. On average, where is it? Okay, I don't have it. Anyway, maybe, uh, I don't know. We'll see what happens there. I'm just mouth vomiting at this point. Cameron Tringali is a little interesting to me. Usually doesn't make big numbers, ranks highly in bogey avoidance. He's 14th in this field in strokes gained approach since the restart. Now, that's with three events that he's played. Uh, I think he's got decent upside. Like, it's decent. Probably top 20 upside in this field. 7200 bucks. I don't hate that. Um, yeah. It's getting kind of slim pickings here. Now, Aaron Wise down there at 7100 Taylor Gooch at 7100 I uh, really like Gooch here, uh, but I like both of them. I think both both are going to take advantage of the par fives. Both are long, um, very interesting uh, prices there. Aaron Wise is a PGA Tour winner. I mean, don't forget that. He's actually won a tournament, and his girlfriend at the time wouldn't give him a kiss. You guys remember that? Uh, Gooch. Gooch is one of those high upside guys, you know? So I like those two. That's about it. So that's the 7K range. I mean, Let's see. Uh, no, I'm, not, I'm not done yet. Um, Schwab. What can Schwab do for you? I don't know. Maybe. I, I might could come around on Schwabby at 7K. I feel like that he's got a, a decently high floor for a 7K player. Greens and regulation, he ranks highly. Um, 
doesn't tend to make big numbers. That's that's good. Uh, Chase Seifert, seven thousand. I mean, there's there's a stereotypical potential young upside guy who could trunk slam or could do what he did at the workday and finish fourth. You know, like if he's got that potential, that's that's what you want at seven k. This is a very uh, this is that's what this is about this week. This is this is not just about getting six of six through. This is about six of six with a lot of upside and leverage. So that's the 7K range. 6K range, I kind of like, you know, some names I'm looking at. Um, I think Keith Mitchell is interesting. Finished 22nd at the Memorial. Um, bombs it, scores on the par fives. Uh, he, he tickles my fancy somewhat. Um, I wish that, I wish that, uh, I think from a long-term like floor standpoint, Vaughn Taylor has a decent floor, but man, he sucks since the restart. He's played in five events and he's missed four or five cuts since the restart. I don't know what's going on with VT, but he's just one of those names that you feel like would at least give you a chance to make a good cut. You know, um, as I keep scrolling, man, I wish Harry Higgs was playing a little bit better. Uh, Grayson Murray, that guy. Lord have mercy. Um, Seamus Power is is one to take a look at. Now, Seamus is a scorer. Big, long, big, long Swede guy, I think, or some some Nordic boy. He's a Nordic boy. Uh, apparently has great game with the ladies, too, from what we hear on tour. Uh, he hits it a long way. Finished 12th at the Rocket Mortgage. His only event back since the restart. But if you scroll down and look through his history, a ton of missed cuts. Like a ton of missed cuts. But let's see. Let me let me just see. Twelfth the Rocket Mortgage, okay. Thirteenth uh, at the Wells Fargo last year. That's a tough course. Great field. That's no slouch of a thirteenth there. Sixth at the RBC Heritage that's uh, last year. Uh, so that's three top tens. Um, or well, three top thirteens, whatever. Uh, fifth at Punta Cana a couple years ago, 11th at the Amex a couple years ago, 10th at the Canadian Open. I mean, the guy's got, like, top 10 chops if he's on. If he's not, he's going to miss cut. So that's what you want, though. You, you need guys like that. Now, my favorite play in the 6K range is probably Cameron Davis. Oh, man, but, man, he has not made a single cut since the restart. But, dang it, the boy can hit the ball a long way. The Aussie uh, hits it a long way, putts best on bent grass, can take advantage of the par fives, can get hot. He finished eighth at the Honda before the restart. That's a tough field. Similar track to this, you know, a lot of water, a lot of sand, kind of resort feeling, easy score, or not easy, but scorable. Um, finished ninth at the Sony this year too. So two top tens this year and four missed cuts this year. It just happens to be that all four of his missed cuts were the last four events he's played, which really sucks. But again, upside. So I think Cameron Davis is interesting there. Oh, let's see, let's see. Um, Chris Baker, 64, seems like a potential cut-making kind of guy. Uh, Nick Watney at 64, coming off the old, the old COVID. Uh, seems like he could be have a kind of a, a higher floor, maybe making a cut or something. Um, uh, other than that. I think that's all I got. I don't think I see myself getting in the Nelson Ledesma, Tommy Two Gloves, I want a hooker category in the 6100s. 
I don't really see that happening. Um, so yeah, so that's it. That's it for the picks for DraftKings. I do want to talk some sports betting though. Let's take a look at some sports betting. Uh, I'm looking at some, just looking at the DK sportsbook betting market. Just just scrolling around here. Um, now you guys know me. I'm I, I'm the author of DB's Big Balls betting card, right? Uh, I, I like I like betting on larger numbers. I like chasing the larger number. It's more exciting to me. Uh, you know, I, I'm I'm well past gateway drugs on betting. Like I need I need like I need blow. I need hard blow. So uh, I tend not to go too low. But if I were gonna go a little bit shorter, uh, I do think Harris English at 35 to one is uh, you know is a decent place to start to start looking. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just I'm not going to give you a bunch of tips before that. Uh, I, I already mentioned EVR Eric Van Ruyen at forty five to one. Um, yeah, looking at him, Ryan Moore at fifty five to one potentially. Uh, Charlie Hoffman seventy to one. He kind of makes me stop scrolling for a second. Uh, let's see, Gooch at ninety to one. Uh, Straka right there at 80 to one. These are guys I've already talked about uh, on, in terms of uh, what I like about. I mean, you got English who's just in great form right now, playing with a lot of confidence in a weak field, decent number. EVR bomber scorer can pop, can win. He's got the chops, you know what I mean. Ryan Moore, PJ Tour winner, Iron plays finally coming around after the last two weeks. Um, Hoffman, PJ Tour winner just kind of lost over the last year or two but you know in a on a golf course where there's a lot of width and he's not blowing it out of bounds I, I tend to like that a little better Straka and Gooch both ball striking really well right now both can take advantage of the par fives I like that um I like Keith Mitchell at 110 to 1 Keith Mitchell, PJ Tour winner one at, at at Honda at PJ National like I said kind of a resort kind of golf course in Florida with a lot of water, a lot of sand. You can take advantage of the par fives. That's kind of what this is. Keith Mitchell at 110 to 1 coming off a T22 last week is interesting. Now, if you want to go super bombs, super bombs, okay? I mentioned Seamus Power. Is it 300 to 1? That is a bomb. Okay, put you a little quarter unit. Drop a quarter uni on Seamus Power at 300 to 1. Maybe a third of a uni. The guy has plenty of top 10s on the PGA Tour. Okay, lots of miscuts, but plenty of top tens on the PJ Tour. He hits it a long way, a lot like Matt Wolf did last year in a scoring fest. I like the potential of uh, of a guy like him. Uh, also, well, I guess I'll get into now. Uh, let's get into some top tens. There's a, there's some long, top ten bets. You know, I'm kind of the same way. Like, give me especially in a field like this where anybody can finish top ten. You know what I mean? Like. Uh, Grayson Murray could finish top 10. He's not even playing. That's how easy this this field is. I like Seamus Power, who I just mentioned, is 25-1 to 1 as a top 10 bet. Uh, Nick Watney, PJ Tour veteran. Very high floor for Nick Watney. Not a lot of upside, but high floor for Nick Watney. 28-1 to 1 for a top 10. Uh, Hank Lebiota, 33-1 to 1 at a top 10. Now, Hank has not been playing well lately, but I do know... That Hank has recently, uh, I believe, changed his uh, short game coach or putting coach, uh, looking for some help there. So maybe you know, maybe that pops one of these weeks. 
because he's, he's a pretty good ball striker, hits it a long way. Uh, great head of hair on Hank. Um, Thirty-three to one for a top ten. Also, Chris Baker at uh, at twenty to one. So there's some top ten numbers that I think are interesting. I'm not gonna bet. I, I just like I said, guys. I don't I don't bet twelve to one numbers or fifteen to one numbers. Like if I gotta sweat Brian Harmon at fifteen to one, like put a bullet in my head. I don't even care. So give me twenty to one or give me death on a top ten bet. You know what I mean? So that that's kind of the 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 bets I'm looking at for um, for this week. But obviously, you know, as I mentioned, scoring it's going to be a scoring fest. Anybody could pop. Um, you're definitely you're, what we've seen since the restart is a lot of short odds, a lot of favorites win, a lot of a lot of numbers below that forty to one. Except for Berger when he won at seventy to one, which yours truly wrote up in the chalk bomb email, and a bunch of you won and tailed. Uh, but except for Berger, like we've had, you know, DJ won, Rom won, like we've had plenty of Web won. We've had a bunch of shorter numbers win. I don't think that's necessarily going to be the case this week. Like I just, I don't think that's, it's not near as likely with as weak a field as we have. I mean, you've got, uh, obviously got DJ and Brooks up top but, uh, and, and Finau. Uh, I think Finau has the best chance of winning out of those, out of those three, given the form, given the health concerns with Brooks, the consistency between Brooks and DJ in terms of their iron play. Uh, Fleetwood at 17 to 1. I mean, sure, like in a normal week, but what do we know of Fleetwood's play lately? Like, do we know he's played lately? Do we know he's rusty? Is he shaking the rust off here, which I think he, he could be? You got Casey at 18 to 1. Okay. Um, I guess I wouldn't hate that. Um, and then it's just, you know, it kind of gets steep and you drop off into 25 and 28 and 35 to 1. And those guys are just like, what are, okay. Russell Henley at thirty-five to one. Okay, I just start looking at this and going, "All right, how is Russell Henley seriously at thirty-five to one? Are his odds to win that much better than Ryan Moore or Doc Redman at fifty-five to one? Like Doc Redman's playing very well, other than one miscut last week. Tita Green guy. Now he's not a PJ Tour winner. He's a rookie. I get it, but he's playing really well. He scores on par fives. Like, is it is it really that twenty? You know. 20 points difference. Ryan Moore, you know, same thing. Like, proven PJ Tour winner, veteran, wily veteran, right? Is it really that big of a difference? So, like, why do I want to bet Russell Henley at 35 to 1 when I can get, you know, I, I could maybe get two guys at 55 to 1 or 60 to 1 or, uh, you know, Johnny Vegas or Charlie Hoffman at 70 to 1? Why would I do that? So, I, I just don't, I definitely don't like middling in that 20 to 40 range. Uh, EVR at 45, Harris English at 35, I feel the best about. Um, but other than that, it'd be like, all right, well, I guess I'd tell you to go Casey at 18 to 1 or Finau at 14 to 1 if you just had to have a shorter number. Looking at some matchups that I thought uh, were kind of interesting, Finau is a heavy favorite over Tommy Fleetwood at minus one third. Let's see what it is. Let me make sure I got the same number. Yeah, Finau was my. Oh, actually, the numbers the number has changed. It was minus. Finau was minus one thirty seven to Tommy plus one ten. Currently, Finau is minus one twenty five. Tommy Fleetwood's plus a hundred. Finau favorite over Fleetwood, uh, pretty significantly, which I think makes sense. Which is you know one reason why in DFS like I'll play Finau chalky or not. Um, but I think I think that matchup is somewhat uh, somewhat telling. Um, I looked at uh, let's see. There, there's this. There's another matchup that I thought was kind of interesting. All right, Troy Merritt is minus one twenty-five, and Scott Stallings is plus one hundred five. 
Merritt is a pretty heavy favorite. He's $100 cheaper on DraftKings. Now, I talked about both of these guys briefly in the DraftKings uh, section, but and I said I like Stallings better, and I actually think Stallings' floor is higher uh, on this course than Troy Merritt. But yeah, Troy Merritt's been playing okay. I, I think in the matchups, I would definitely, and DFS, I think I prefer to have Stallings. Um, but that is an interesting number to see Troy Merritt such a heavy favorite and only a hundred and actually a hundred dollars less. Uh, this was an interesting one too. Luke List and Doc Redmond. Luke is a minus one twenty favorite over Redmond at plus one hundred, and Redmond is three hundred dollars more expensive on in terms of DFS. Um, this is another one where I kind of have a dilemma because honestly, when I looked at the names just before before looking at any prices, anything, I liked Redmond more than List in terms of, uh, I like both of them actually, but I like Redmond's potential to just make the cut. List is either going to win it, top 10, or miss cut. There's not going to be a lot in between. But it's interesting that you get a, you get a $300 savings with List, uh, but yet he's a pretty decent favorite over Redmond in the matchups. Uh, also, as I scroll down the bottom, another couple interesting lines I saw. Oh, now this has changed. No, it hasn't. Okay. Uh, minus 110 to minus 110. Wyndham Clark, Aaron Wise. So basically, even money here for both those players, but Clark is $200 more expensive on DK in terms of DFS. Uh, I mentioned I like Wise a little bit more than Wyndham Clark in terms of DFS as well. So uh, I think the line would, or this matchup would maybe confirm that decision that I, I think Wise, if, you're, if, you, if you like Clark, why not save 200 bucks and play Aaron Wise? And then Gooch. And Wierenski, that line. Uh, let's see, that line's the same. Gooch, uh, slight favorite over Wierenski, but Wierenski is $300 more expensive uh, in DFS, which I find interesting. So I don't think, uh, I think you had some good value with, with Gooch there. And I also mentioned in that segment that I like him. So just a few matchups that kind of signal or point to some of the DFS prices uh, that I was looking at there. All right. Whew. Oh Lord, that was a uh, that was a lot. Um, let's get into the final segment of the night, which is DB down in the DMs. All right, so I got some DMs from some of you. Oh, one of them was uh, I got a bunch of people talking about the com- commentary on the uh, on everything that went down at Memorial, which was insane. So I had a few notes. Brooks is still messed up. Yep, talked about that. Phil, my God, Phil. Like, from the putting thing where he would take the putter back, he did this like the first two days, but then I noticed he didn't do it over the weekend. He would take the putter back in his actual stroke in a tournament, taking the putter back, stopping it, actually putting it on the ground, and then finishing the stroke. What? Okay. I think he has the yips, or he's potentially fighting the yips. I think I think it's true. Phil could be fighting the yips. He's getting older. He's fifty now. He's getting a little shaky. You know, Pat has the yips. He had the putter yips. Actually, he probably still does. If you gave him a short putter, he probably still does. Uh, it happens when you get old and you get arthritis. You know, and he, Phil's got arthritis. And uh, I don't know, man. I, I, it was very weird to see that technique. Plus, putting from seventy-eight yards away in the fairway was also rather interesting. Um, so that, that was weird. Uh, Jack, 
boy, let me tell you what. I hope I live long enough to be to not give a flying f bomb about anything because Jack don't care. Jack don't care about that. Rona. His press conferences beforehand, he's talking about, yep, Rona, this, Rona. I ain't giving nobody Rona. I'll shake hands. I'll hug. I'll dap. I'll do whatever. Then he came out and said that he and Barbara had it. Thankfully, they've recovered. Um, but Jack don't give a rip about that Rona. And Jack don't give a rip about talking about rolling back the ball and telling the USGA and the RNA to get their crap together and figure it out. I mean, his interviews were awesome, candid, refreshing, fantastic. Um Really enjoyed hearing Jack basically say, "Guys, it's not that hard. You know, you don't you don't need longer golf courses. We don't have enough land. Um, you know, just just roll back the technology a little bit and freaking that's it. And then I think he, I think he just. I mean, we knew he was going to grow the rough up. We knew the greens were going to be fast. I wonder if I wonder if though, like come Thursday, he was just pissed and was like, you know what? Boys, I don't want you to spit on these greens before Sunday evening. Like, I wonder if he just ratcheted it up because, jeez, man, like, it got downright dirty. Like, downright, I'm Jack Nicholas and I'm going to F you boys in the, in the A. I'm going to F you in the A on this golf tournament, on this golf course. And that's what he did. Jack just didn't care. But glad to know he's recovered. Um... And finally, uh, you guys know I'm not gonna. You, you guys know I'm not gonna not talk about Bryson and the 28 minutes it took him to play the golf hole that he got a 10 on, and um, you know, missed the cut. Uh, called in two rules officials, telling one that he, you know, acting like both of them were just complete uh, incompetent you know, imbeciles. Like, like, listen, Bryson, like, when you get the rules of it, you're not calling over the guy who's tracking shot link, right? It's not the 74-year-old, you know, war veteran volunteer who can barely, you know, uh, form two sentences. Like, you're getting people who actually know what they're talking about. Like, maybe somebody, maybe somebody knows a little bit more than you about the rules, but no, he's so freaking arrogant. Um, that was just, I love to, I love to see it. I love to see it. The guy is a total butthole, and it is on full display. It's on full display. It's, it's every week. It's, it's every single week. It is on his Instagram feed. It is on his Twitch stream. It is in his press conferences. It is uh, in what you hear behind the scenes from people who, who operate near to him. It is when he's playing golf and things don't go his way. It, he is an absolute, genuine turd muncher, okay? And... I, I love to hate him, and, and I, I love to hate him, and it's great for golf. And I'll, I'll play him. I'll still play him. I, you guys know this. I've been talking about I'll play him. But, man, and then on the next the next tee, his caddy. Now, listen. Should we give Bryson the benefit of the doubt and say, hey, you know, maybe Bryson didn't tell his caddy to go step in front of the camera, uh, go, go, go step in front of the camera and, and block me. I don't want to be on camera right now. Like, should we give him the benefit of the doubt and, and say he didn't do that or that he's never said in private, hey, man, listen, if this ever happens, if I ever start to lose it and, or we have a code word, like maybe his code word is, you know, is wiener. Like if I say wiener on the golf course, that means I don't want the camera on me right now. Um, 
Like maybe they have that. I don't know. Or or maybe this was his caddy's complete doing all in all on his own because he wanted to protect his boy. Either way, what a terrible look. You are you are in the ring, brother. Like you are you are in the ring. It, oh god. He's so there is not I can't think I'm trying to think. I'm having a hard time thinking of one person on planet Earth with uh, with less self-awareness than Bryson. I just don't know that there is one. I don't know that there is one. Boy. Boy, oh boy. Um, yeah, so that's about all I got. All right, let's 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 get into some, some actual DMs here. Okay, here we go. Oh. Whoops. Um, oh, Pat got an order wrong. That's always fun. Let's see. Uh... Oh, this is funny. Marcus Griffin DM'd me uh, that some of the boys in the Nut Hut decided that there needed to be a better name for a plus five, back to Bryson, for a quintuple bogey. I agree. Horrible word. Like quintuple. It just doesn't even feel right. My son was asking me, he's like, what is that, a triple? Or qu-? I was like, it was, it's a quintuple, but I don't even know about that. He says, my suggestion is we make it a shit brick. Obviously, it wouldn't make the broadcast, but maybe you call it laying a brick or something like that. What would What would be your ideas? Uh, Casey and Bryson both had shit bricks this week. Uh, yes, that is true, Marcus. They both did. Uh, another term for a quintuple bogey. I'm not sure. It. Um, I'm not sure. But maybe you guys have ideas. You can tweet those to us or whatever. Uh, I'm not. Currently, I'm running out of all creative juices and energy to be able to come up with something. Uh, one person thought that uh, I love this one too. We got a DM. Notice your trip last week in Hilton Head. Pat seems like such a sweater. Uh, DB, how did you handle the stretch of a man, the stench of a man who sweats that much? <laughs> and Pat on vacation chimes in, dude, that was my twin. He was drenched in sweat the whole weekend. Uh, <laughs> which is funny because, well, anyway. He also says, uh, for the PGA, does Ricky have a chance? Co- this is uh, from at Hanson Cody. Uh, Cody, no, I don't think Ricky has a chance. I don't. It's not there yet. We've seen flashes. Um, but for the first major of the year, in a monster field at TPC Harding Park, um, I know it's in Cali. I don't think he does. I don't I don't think I don't I don't think he I don't think he has a chance. I, I would not I would not do it. Uh, let's see. At T Shern thirty three, it's one of my best friends' bachelor's party this weekend in Pittsburgh. Oh, hey. Don't do it, buddy. <laughs> Just kidding. Best decision of my life. His name is Dr. Brian Zabo. Oh, Dr. Brian. We have 16 guys meeting up to white water raft and play 36 holes of golf. Wow, what a sausage fest this is going to be. Uh, a bunch of wet sausages. White water rafting and playing 36 holes of golf in a day. Yeah, you're going to... Please wish this poor guy luck since he can't hit it past the ladies' tees. And then he sends a picture of uh, Dr. Zabo. Here, I'll put it in the camera. Sends a picture of Dr. Zabo with his pants around his ankles. So that's that's pretty funny. Uh, best of luck, buddy. Um, hopefully your your wedding night game is stronger than your golf game because uh, outlook not so good if that's not the case. At E-Pain, 84. Oh, this is a good one. DB, what's your beef with the bucket hat? You are vehemently trying to oppose Joel D's attempt at making it sexy. Huh. Uh, 
you know what? Uh, you have clearly picked up on something, and that is that I don't like bucket hats. Maybe this is a surprise to some of you. Maybe this is a hot take, but I don't. I think they look goofy. I love Joel Damon. I freaking love him. Joel is a hilarious guy with great swag. Great swag. Great swagger on the golf course. Lovely, lovely gait. Joel has a lovely gait. But um, I think bucket hats are goofy. Tron Carter of, of No Laying Up wears a bucket hat. He's clearly the goofiest guy. Well, maybe Big Randy, but Big Randy's hilarious. He's a very goofy guy, okay? And he's the one that wears a bucket hat. Like, I just think they're goofy. Pat wears them. What does that tell you? Like, Pat likes bucket hats. He wants us to make tour junkies bucket hats. What does that tell you? They're goofy. Holy Lord. Marcus Miklovich. Here we go. Down in the D. Most awkward dates or similar moments. Hmm. Marcus, you may find this hard to believe, but I've never had an awkward date <laughs> that I can remember. I, do, I will tell you this, my first date ever. Well, my, my first date in my, in, when I could drive. I dated older girls before I could drive that could drive, and they drove me around. That's how I did it. But when I turned 16 and I could drive, my very first date, I pick her up, and I get pulled over as soon as I turn out of her neighborhood. Very embarrassing. Um, also... Another funny story, I was, I, this was not a date, but I was driving a girl home from school that I liked, and we had kind of like done the friends of benefits thing a little bit, and I had an old truck, an 88 truck, truck, and um, we were driving down the road in the middle of the day, and it backfired, okay, like loud, boom, you know, backfired. It was a stick shift, and... uh she kind of laughed, thought it was funny. She didn't even know what that was. I was like, yeah, it's my hot rod I got here. Just, yeah. Well, then I got pulled over because a police officer thought that I had fired a weapon from the vehicle. So then he asked to search my vehicle. So we had to get out of the vehicle and get searched. No weapons, except I had a baseball bat because I was a baseball player. Um, but, yeah, that was kind of embarrassing. That's all we got. Uh, let's see. Any more? Any more? Okay. By the way, I got a bunch of people. Um, got a bunch of people talking about the Bubble Boy contest. We we were sent a few submissions for that. Uh, we'll be evaluating those. It looks like there's some of you that that understood the competition. Others of you that uh, do not. So, what? That doesn't make any sense. How many strokes will Ryan Armour win by? At JLissio23. Question, no. He will not win. I'm not I'm not buying the Ryan Armour. No. You know what? He'll probably... I bet he top 20s. He ain't going to win. I don't even like him that much. I don't know why I said that. I don't feel good about it. All right, let's look at the Instagram DMs here. Let's see. Got a bunch of spammy ones. Um, John, John, my buddy John Siaka. Shirt tucked in or let it flow? I think it depends on the shirt. If it's a if it's a classy shirt, classy place, you know, I'll embrace. I, I embrace tucking it in. I like belts. I, I think I look good in belts now that my waist has shrunk a little bit. So if you uh, if you got a nice waist and a nice belt, you can do that. But you know, if it's one of those shirts where it just needs to flow, I think you let it flow. So I think it's a game time decision. Uh, you asked me a question on both sides. Do you, when do you think Jordan Spieth will win on tour again? I do think he will win. I do think he will. I'm not sure when, but I think he will. 
That's all I got. I don't have much. I don't have much other than that. And this has already gone way longer than I thought it would go. I cannot believe I did this for an hour and 20 minutes. I'm very sorry to those of you that have made it this far that I have that you have only heard my voice for an hour and 20 minutes. It's pretty crazy, but I did feel like I went pretty deep into the names. I wanted to give you more names than what I would normally give you because you're only getting me and not Pat. Uh, so obviously there's that. So thanks for watching. Whew, I'm exhausted. <sighs> you guys can can you guys send me some some liquor in the mail to help me cure my exhaustion? Uh, thanks for watching. Thanks for chiming in. Be sure and check out the YouTube channel. Give the 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 podcast a five star review if you wouldn't mind. That would help us out a lot. Five star review would be nice. Check us out in the Nut Hut. Get some swag on the TJ Shop. The shirt I'm wearing right now on the TJ Shop. Good good. And uh, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, let's have a great week. And may your screens, as I burp. Be green. See ya. Out. Out. I'm Pat.